As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Come to Los Angeles. The sun shines bright. The beaches are wide and inviting. It's a world with homeless camp bombers, drug-addled celebrities, cop gangs who mark their kills with tattoos, a live stream murder, and powerful men with a secret so dark they will kill to keep it. And who knows? You could even need the services of a black bag publicist. May Pruitt doesn't get the good news out, she keeps the bad news in. Chris Tamburo is hired muscle, recruited from the disgraced ranks of XLAPD. They both work for the beast, the system that protects and serves the wealthy and depraved. Life is good in Los Angeles, it's paradise on earth, the beast's playground. Ha ha ha. That's what they tell you, anyway. Johnny Stompinato. That, ladies and gentlemen, was one Rob Belushi giving his best goofball Danny DeVito, and I wouldn't have it any other way for the conversation that I'm having today. To introduce my guest, I'm going to paraphrase an email I received on the 19th of October in 2018. My name is Blake Howard, as you know. And I'm an Australian uh, Australian Podcast Award-nominated podcaster. Uh, I've done some shows called One Heat Minute, Increment Vice, Zodiac Chronicle, All the President's Minutes, about to do Podcaster and Commander. And um, I received an email one time from a guy who had bootleg action figures from Heat and a framed original Thief poster in his very home. And the reason I'm outlining my bona fides in this way today is because I'm obsessed with this man's book. And I would love if he was a future guest on my shows, if he'd consider being on them. I've never read a book that I wish one of my friends could write the way that this man has written about this book. Anyway, that's my pushy introduction and just had to give it a shot, but also great book. And I'm going to keep swallowing up anything this man writes, no matter what. Thank you, Blake Howard. That is me paraphrasing an email I received from this author, the Edgar Award-winning writer of She Rides Shotgun, the writer of the pilot of the unfortunately dismissed 
but completely fucking sensational LA Confidential pilot, the writer of The Last King of California, the writer of genuinely my favorite book of last year in a year that Heat 2 was released. It will be my favorite book of this year. I can't imagine anything that's going to topple it. It's a book that I read in Microsoft Word format before I read it in its beautiful, sensational galleys edition. Here's my dear friend, Jordan Harper, and his book, Everybody Knows, is out now. And our friend, S.A. Cosby, calls him a peer of James Elroy in a most sensational LA Times piece. Jordan Harper, how the hell are you? I really don't want to talk because I just want this to keep happening. <laughs> this is great. Uh, that that thing from Rob is amazing. Uh, I, I need it. Need to send that to my publisher. We need to make a little uh, montage to go with that. That was fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been so October twenty eighteen. That's when that's when we started talking. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks right. for having me, and thanks for the kind words. I'm glad that that you dig the book. Um, and. And, you know, it's it's such an incredible time to have it out in the world. And it's it's also, I think, not just like maybe your baby's first day of school, but your your baby's first day of football practice, I think, yeah. to, to send a book out to the world, um, you know, uh, where where people can, can fix it a one-star rating because it has swear words in it, which is yes. a thing that happens to all crime writers, or, <laughs> or at least all crime writers who swear. Um, and so it's, it's a weird week. I'm, I'm currently, you know, on, on tour for the book. I'm in a hotel room, um, and, uh, having an amazing time and, and, uh, and, but, uh, you know, it's so great to get to talk to you, uh, about it. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we didn't talk about this off the air, so I'm guessing, you know, this is, we're going to talk fairly spoiler free at this point. I would love, of course. Of course, at some point later, with- later we will get into the weeds. We, we, that's a, that's a promise. I don't want to spoil anything other than to say it's, it's ferociously unputdownable. It's actually cruel. Your <laughs> damn books. I thought she writes shotgun was cruel. I've read she writes shotgun about nine times and yeah. I have every intention of not reading the whole thing. <laughs> when I start. I'm like, I've got an hour. I don't really want to watch a film right now. My kids are watching some trash on the television that I have to supervise them as I should um, while they're watching that or they're having lunch or they're playing with Lego or something. And every time I read it, it's a mistake in the best possible way. And everybody knows is that. And I've been dying, Jordan, to like every person I've been talking to, I have not been able to wait for this book to be released because with the with your last book, Last King in California has been a, has been a, a buy and a gift to, to other people with She Rides Shotgun. It's a buy and a gift. Uh, I know over Christmas I sent you, um, I bought my sister a copy of She Rides Shotgun and at her holiday house uh, down South, where she was staying on our vacation, she sent me a lovely photo of her from this beautiful Airbnb's view, this unbelievable view of the Southern Pacific Ocean she was looking out onto. And right next to her feet on this big chaise lounge was... She wrote shotgun. And I'm like, that's, that's my kind of holiday. That's, you know, sitting on a couch reading she ride shotgun, but uh, everybody knows it's so sensational. And I'm so proud of you. I've, I've been, you know, you'll, if everyone also, if you want free Jordan Harper pretty regularly, he writes an unbelievably good um, newsletter called welcome to the hammer party. 
And the title of this latest one that you sent out um, in December was The Edge of Possible. And I feel like edge is the great way to put it because our entire crew and family that we have have all kind of been peddling in this book for months. And we've all been so excited and overwhelmed by it. And we've it's so awesome. And I think the capper for me personally is like, there's nothing better than seeing my friends win and to see your face in an LA Times article very recently was a, a, a big splash. Um, oh my God, it was just sensational. So I can't imagine how you're feeling right now. I can't imagine it. <laughs> you know, it's there's a thing that it's, it's you know, the LA Times article was amazing. And, and our friend Sean Cosby said incredible things about me and my friend Rebecca Cutter, who I've worked with in, in television for probably nine out of the 13 years that I've been in television, I've worked with Rebecca Cutter in one way or another. So it was so nice to have her talk. And, and Ed Brubaker, the comic book artist who I'm working on something I can't talk about yet, uh, was there. And, and to see these people that I deeply respect say such nice things about me is very surreal. To to go out and, and buy the newspaper and get it in print is very, it's it's a weird feeling, you know, it's 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 great. And, and um, and just the response the book has gotten, I'm, I'm very happy with. I, I really, you know, I, I was doing an interview the other day and somebody asked me, like, at what point in the process did you know this book was going to work? And I've never been able to say this before, uh, but this is the truth. I said, when I thought of it, um, this was <laughs> the, the first idea I've ever had where I just knew from the beginning that, like, no, no, this is a good idea. Like, because I, you know... Um, Everything else I'd written up to this point, with the exception of a couple of short stories in, in my fiction work, had all been set in the world of like down and dirty white trash criminals, because I'm originally from the Ozarks. And even She Writes Shotgun, while it takes place in California, I was drawing heavily on my roots because, you know, like the 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 rednecks of Fontana, California really aren't that different than people from the Ozarks. Like, so I was able to tap into that. And then I wrote Last King of California, which really felt like a capper on that, or at least for now, it feels like a capper on it. And I, I needed something else to do. And I, you know, I've told this story before, but I done the L.A. Confidential pilot and it, it hadn't gone. And we all felt the creative team all felt that one of the reasons it hadn't worked was that the 50s is a long time ago at this point. And, yeah. you know, the idea that television executives in general are, are nervous about period. They they would rather it not be period. You could still get period pieces on the air, but not their preference. And I thought, you know, I'm kind of tired of, of period. And it occurred to me that so much of LA noir, which LA is the the capital, the world capital of noir. Um, and uh, so much of it though, and particularly the classics are backwards looking. Um, Chinatown looks backwards towards the 40s. James Elroy looks backwards to the 40s and 50s and so on. And I, I was like, particularly this kind of big, epic LA storytelling, like who's looking forward? Who who can do this? And it was like, well, you can because you've been in the middle of Hollywood for 13 years and you have all these opinions about it. And you, I had just, you know, I, I've always kind of tried to be aware of the things I'm writing against like yes. or in reaction to not that I'm reactionary, but that uh, that and I think the failure of L.A. Confidential to become a TV show was a great, uh, you know, kind of starting point for me to say, well, I'll show them what I could have done. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I you know, because I, I know it would have worked as a show. So I think all that was really uh, good for me. But just that that understanding that 
that that like realization that there was this big white empty field of snow that I could run in, which was an epic LA crime story set now. Um, and again, there's lots of great LA noir being written now, and I've I've talked about it um, before, but um, you know, uh, but nobody's doing it in this mode. Nobody's doing it in this Chandler to Elroy mode and uh, or Chinatown mode. And I felt like that that's the opportunity, and that's the direction I'm going to drive in, and it worked. Yeah, the the thing about LA noirs, I think particularly noir just in general, it does have the same. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I guess thematic and narrative preoccupation that big genres like Westerns and sci-fi have, which is that even if you are setting your thing in some... 1930s setting or your you know chinatown um is you know set in the 30s as well but it's being made in 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 the 70s it's always commentating on the now and you mentioned in your great like little newsletter about the membrane between like what's possible and what's impossible and i feel like that phrase just encapsulated for me what this book is doing and what some of those genre pieces are doing as well which is they're putting a membrane between themselves and what they want to say. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like with you just going, no, I'm going to talk about exactly what I want to say in the time that it is happening and having, I guess that, that ability to, that, that approach, like you said, to run through the field, it's like, that's, what's actually so refreshing. It's cause it's like, none of this is an allegory for something in our time. None of it is sort of a veiled v- version. It's, the the unveiling and the naked quality of it is so great because it's like in the texture. And even though you're pulling from all of your experience and every one of those awful stories that swarm the community, you're also pulling in all of your, you're pulling in your taste of food. You're pulling in your taste of music. You're pulling in your taste of like, uh, you know, the the different uh landscape of LA and the different spe- socio-cultural specificity of all the different places that you're tackling in the in the town but that's what was great about it because it's like here it is here here is it what's and all here we are like this is the town this is this is what it is well yeah no and and you're right i i in some ways emptied my total LA into that book and and you know, I, I've said this, you know, every restaurant, even if it's not named is a real restaurant, every celebrity I saw with one exception, every, every celebrity in the book with one exception is a celebrity I have seen in the place that I have seen them. Like I was yeah. uh, scrupulously 
accurate. I never say who the one I haven't seen is, but I'll say it here. It's, it's Ryan Gosling. Um, I needed <laughs> an actor on a on a film set, and it's a film set that I have worked on in television, but I didn't want to say, you know. And then Simon Baker walked by because that, that's where that's who I I could have said Malcolm McDowell because I I worked with Malcolm McDowell in that that area, but like um. But that that one just felt like I needed a movie star. Everyone else, I, I had I have I have seen them in that place, probably doing exactly like I, I described seeing Gary Oldman in a weird Quaker hat, which is exactly what Gary Oldman was wearing when I. We've saw actually him talked Jack about that off. We actually talked about that offline because I was like, I love that detail. It's so weird, and you told me you're like, no, it's true. I'm like, oh my god, it's even better. It's even yeah. better than it could be imagined because I was like, that is such a deeply gary oldman thing to do wander into the <laughs> chateau marmont with a weird quaker hat on fantastic it, well i mean you know uh, the chateau marmont is, is is legendary and and i'm not the first person to to set stuff there um but it, it's legendary for a reason it's truly haunted in, in both the good and the bad way obviously there's there's been you know famous deaths there and a lot of tragedies and things like that but it also just it, it has that charged feeling of, of a special place when you walk inside it. And the fact that you, you know, the, again, I described this all, it's all exactly the way it was when I went in there, all the, all these incredibly beautiful hostesses all wearing the exact same shade of rust, which is like, such <laughs> a, you know, and, and we went to the bar, which is this tiny little place, but, um, and we were just going to look around and, and see who we saw and, and who we saw, I was with my partner, Megan, and we saw Walton Goggins and Sam Rockwell, and, and and it was very disconcerting for us because I had just done the LA Confidential pilot with Walt and and uh, Megan had worked with Sam Rockwell in theater years ago. So instead of being these flies on the wall, suddenly we were in conversation. It was like the painting had turned around and looked at us <laughs> and, and it was exactly what was it was so, uh, you know, we had that. It was great to see Walt hugged him and said hello to him and and you know, and Megan talked to, to Sam Rockwell and I got to meet him, which was very cool. But we were so unnerved by what had just happened to us that we had to leave the hotel and walk around the block so we could feel like normal people again and then re-enter and, uh, and you know. You're, or you're not just bombing around the Chateau Marmont, like meeting the next great underrealized buddy cop movie with Sam Rockwell and Martin Coggins. Oh true God. that. That was my God. very true. <laughs> oh my um, God. But, you know, and, and I just I like to write that way. And, and, and you know, I if if I'm having a, a problem with the new book, which I'm almost done with the rough draft is and I'm very aware of this and I'm treating the, the problem is that I I wrote Everybody Knows during the pandemic and I emptied all my old L.A. into uh, Everybody Knows. And now I haven't refilled it because of the pandemic. So I'm really making efforts to go out at night. I've gone out bought a police scanner. I've been driving around, not a lot, but, you know, starting to get into like going around and chasing police calls and, and, uh, and having weird little moments. Um, and, uh, I actually was out. A couple are you, of weeks. are you wearing a sort of Jake Gyllenhaal nightcrawler wig while you're out there and just <laughs> and splashing water on your face? So you look perennially sweaty and <laughs> hyper stressed out. I was out with uh, uh, Adam Frost, my friend Adam Frost, who's who has done who did One Heat Minute with you, I believe. You did, and uh, and uh, we Adam, were a great with... author himself too. Oh, he is. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, his his book, The Damned Lovely, is is Damn a Lovely. great, great uh, L.A. crime novel. Um, and we were out in uh, listening to the police scanner and driving around uh, South Central Los Angeles. And we happened to catch a call on a guy waving a gun around at at the Popeyes 
uh, in South Central, which is the epicenter of crazy, as far as I can tell, is that Popeye's. It's just, it's manic at, at one in the morning. And, and uh, we happen to be right down the block from it. And, and so we were able to like get ourselves in a situation where we were driving down a side street and a block ahead of us was this car where a guy had been waving a gun as the, like the police copter came overhead and painted it with the night sun on its belly. And, uh, you know, and we just kind of got to a place of like, okay, we should probably stop following them now <laughs> because we're not Jake Gyllenhaal. We're not, we're just doing this for the experience. We're not trying to like catch footage of something happening. And now we're chasing a, a guy with a gun as the cops are coming around and they've got <laughs> guns and that we don't, <laughs> we should probably call this a win and then turn around because we're, we're not going to be in the last scene of Nightcrawler. Oh my um, God. But, Fantastic. Um, so that's what we've been doing to fill the tank. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I tried very hard to write as much of Los Angeles into the first book as I could. I wanted it to go. And as it does from, you know, billionaire mansions, to Chateau Marmont to homeless camps. Um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day where he was like, I know exactly where the homeless camp you described mm -hmm. is because I, I used to ride my bike there. And I remember that graffiti. I'm like, yeah, no, all the graffiti that I mentioned is actual graffiti that I have yeah. seen in homeless camps. Uh, where the the hell angels run that place. It's not the hell's angels. It's the hell angels. <laughs> I think hell's angels have got a case there too. I think uh, they probably do. I don't know if they have a hold of, up. Some kind of copyright case. Come on, guys. Think harder. <laughs> um, you, one of the favorite things that I get to see, and I know that some of the people who follow your newsletter and your socials get to see it is, I love, you put a big list in one of your newsletters about the music and the films and things like that. And I know that yeah, as, as you're going back and filling the tank, um, even though it's the, the same setting, did you find when you were filling the tank this time and you were looking for your different inspirations, was the, how, what were the, like the wild cards on the playlist that you didn't expect? What were the wild cards on the playlist of movies that you didn't expect? Like what were these, what were some of these new influences in the new LA in the post pandemic LA that have started to like creep in that maybe weren't necessarily expected? Well, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I did make like an intentional choice to kind of switch it up, you know, um, and I actually, you know, what I call these are my spirit boards is where I, I, I put these together. And, uh, the working title right now for the new book is a new kind of violence. And, uh, so this is, I'll just read, you know, please, um, please. this is like the first, you know, list is, so this is the first big change. The first book I mentioned as an inspiration for this one is everybody knows, yeah. uh, because that's, um, you know, that's, that's the main source of inspiration now. I mean, maybe that's narcissistic, but you got to carry on, but to change it, you know, I, I've always got to have Elroy. So I got white jazz mm. um, and then Nightcrawler, which is the yes. obvious, you know, uh, blowout. Oh, um, Giallo, just the whole concept or, or I've been getting into Giallo, particularly Neo Giallo, which I think I can relate to a little bit more than, than some of the Giallos of the original era. Uh, Bury Me Deep, the incredible Megan Abbott novel, Bury Me Deep. I've got Basic Instinct on the list. Right. I've got Gl Glamorama by Brady <laughs> Sinellis. Um, From Hell, that's a big one for this one, the, the Alan, comic book. Alan Moore, yeah. I've got, Alan a great, Moore. I've got a great, there's a, 
actually on my shelf just beneath me i've got this great um from hell and then a from hell companion which sort of unpacks oh i've got all that the different too. Reasons. fantastic fantastic right like a great um a super nerd companion book because you're like i want to know all the real shit that the <laughs> research that went into this i want to i want to i want to unpack it yeah fantastic oh it's insane yeah you know and i just keep going with like uh michael clayton knife oh. plus heart manhunter uncut gems neon demon that's oh. a big one for me um richard ramirez just as a general idea I'm, I'm bringing a serial killer into this one which i've never done serial killer before but uh uh, the, the new book's going to have a, a serial killer as, as one of the storylines. It's This yes. one's going to be bigger and more lurid than everybody knows. So I, yeah, I know you have talked about, you're like, when, when we've talked about it offline with friends, you're like the phrase, the, the, the word lurid is a word that I'm like, every time I sit down to work lurid, just well, more lurid than before. I, literally above the list that I just read you, I literally have the word lurid typed in this document <laughs> in 72 point type. Um, because it's big. I just, it's big and it's, it's just to me, I, I've talked about this a lot too, that, that like, to me, like I'm trying to lean as much as possible into the pulp, into the, the big loudness of the book of, uh, and, and everybody knows the exact same thing. I wanted it to feel like a concentrated dose of Los Angeles. So like, you know, all the things that have happened to me over the course of 10 years, try and jam all of that, not just the big plot moves, but just like weird things in the background. Like um, we have wild flocks of parrots in Los Angeles, um, which are not native, but now just fly around LA because, you know, a couple parrots escaped and, and they made it work. So um, like right now in Eagle Rock, where I live, the wild parrots are there. So like, you know, you'll come outside and then a flock of 50 wild parrots will fly <laughs> over your head. So I, you know, I put, there's a point in the book where I put that in and it's just I'm trying to get every little thing about like the traffic and the noise and the, that weird disparity of seeing a Lamborghini run past a, a homeless camp and like, you know, all of those things, just trying to get it all in at once and, and using that to kind of create that like idea of the dream that I like to talk about, just that bringing people into a world and having them kind of fall face forward into it. It's, it's so funny. I was watching that selling sunset show with my wife mm -hmm. and it was after I'd read maybe drafts of everybody knows. And then eventually read it. My wife was finishing it off. I was just, it was happening and I would watch it a little bit and then I'd come back into my office and do work. And I just, I kept marveling at the fact that that's one thing that LA loves about itself. And the one thing I truly love about your book is that it feels like LA is always putting its best fake face forward. Mm -hmm. Like it's always like, Oh, we're all, you know, we're on sunset and this is beautiful and there's never a homeless person. And it's always about making this ridiculous money. And it's always extremely glamorous people doing everyday things and, you know, having these expensive holidays and this and that. And I'm just like, but right there in all the seams of this place is all of this lurid. It's all yeah. there. And some people are like walking past it because they can't take it. And I think that I love that your style is like, no, let's, we're going to stop. And we're going to excavate this seam because it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the palette. Like you can't have all of the glamour without the darkness. And I, I think that that's a true skill that you've got, because like you said, uh, as much as this is a, a phenomenally rich LA text that you have ripped out of your own experience the plot still moves baby like we uh, you've got a great percussive 
essential plot that's moving and frenetic. And I think that that's where people are going to get, you know, carpal tunnel or repeat stress injury, RSI, as we call it in Australia, of like turning the pages. I want to know what the hell is going to happen. But uh, I think that that's, you know, you balancing those two things is pretty sensational. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I, I think I do attribute a lot of that to working on The Mentalist for six years, which there's a lot of space between this book and The Mentalist. But like that was, you know, I helped over the course of six years break 140 mysteries Yes. You know, um, and the, the mentalist was specific in that you had to do. He didn't just say at the end of the mystery, I figured it out. It's him and point to him. He always <laughs> had to do a trick yeah. to reveal who the guy was. So we were that's a very complicated thing to break. And it's why I think me and a lot of the other mentalist writers who came out of that camp were all very, very good at, at breaking plot because we had to do it at this very high level for a very long time and at a high uh, pace you had to turn it around quick there was no like you've got like two years (laughs) it's like no you've got a week (laughs) and a half do it (laughs) like exactly and i will say you know as i'm writing this new one there are things that i know don't work right now in the book and and I, i have gotten to a place now where i go yeah but i can fix it which is not to say it'll be easy which was that's the mistake you make is to go no it's going to be easy for me to fix it which is a different thought but I can fix it and, yes. and, I, and I will. And uh, no, but I, you know, I, I always, I don't want to rely on anything to just assume the audience will, will show up. I, I do believe like that, that you're there to not just entertain, but entertainment is part of it. And that I don't want to ever take the reader for granted and go, well, now I'm going to describe something for 20 pages and I, they better stick with me because I'm a genius. Like <laughs> I, I always want to be doing both things at once. And and I, I, I think that's to me and, and, you know, all of my very favorite people walk a line. It's a very long, difficult line to market, which is the line right between art and commerce. Um, yes. Michael Mann, to me, you know, is an obvious example of numero somebody. Numero uno, numero uno of art yeah. and commerce, Michael Mann. Yeah, Elroy, for yeah. sure. You know, oh, um, to, to John Le Carre, to um, David Lynch, even who, yeah, he sometimes he goes all the way out to Mars, but like a lot of his most successful work is pressing again on this like membrane that is, you know, to, to kind of jump back because you were talking about it and I never really talked about it. I think it's when you talk about pressing against the membrane of the possible to create new things, it's a membrane that you don't have to go out to fucking Mars. No. You know, you can, but if you're just pressing against the very edge of what you can do, the new things will come into the world that haven't been there before. And 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 Mulholland Drive, uh, which isn't always my favorite Lynch, but God, it's a masterpiece yes. unquestionably walks that line in the weirdest, most beautiful way, because it is in some ways a very straight ahead procedural about a, a girl with amnesia who's trying to figure out who she is and a cop who's looking for her. And 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 on the other hand, it's also pressing into these weird avant-garde ways that that, that manage not to alienate the audience who showed up for that movie. I, we're in a time right now where everything's so bifurcated uh, storytelling wise and, and, and executives, I see this in TV a lot are very nervous about making things commercial because they've made some very uncommercial things in the past. But like, if you just hire the right people and let them work in this zone, then you can make great art that is also commercial. And I, and, and the Sopranos is another great example. If that's not a mob TV show, it's not the Sopranos. No, but it's, it's, if it's, it, it, that's such a as you say it's like 
that's the trick I that's the trick that producers need to sell the idea. But it's never the thing that people are like, oh, it's the best mob. You know, it's not about the mob, it's about the family. There's a big difference. It's not about the mob, it's about the family. It's about a guy cleaning his pool. You know, it's about it's about it's about a, a dad who doesn't appreciate a a girl's boyfriend. It's about a shitty teenager. It's about a wife who's nagging. It's about being vulnerable enough to go to therapy. You know, it's it's all of it. It is so voraciously entertaining too because it's has all of that mob stuff. It has the blood and it has the gore and it has the intrigue and it has the personalities and it has those things. But it's it's so much more than just the mob TV show. Well, yes, but it's also so much more than the guy and cleaning the pool. You know what yes. I mean? Like it, it's yeah. it's both, and it's people nowadays always, and it's why I think you know sometimes this kind of work is hard to market because yeah. all these terms that we act like are terms of art are oftentimes just terms of of capitalism, of commerce, of what shelf in the bookstore does it go in? You know, and, yeah. and so you know, when you, when you are in that space of like, is it literary? Is it crime fiction? It's why you kind of have to get a name out because you have to have something people can latch onto and understand. And if they don't understand, oh, it's just a thriller or, oh, it's literary. They have to have something else. And again, it's, it's a marketing thing. It's not, and we all internalize that and try and, and live up to it. But I do, you know, I just, I get mystified when people don't want to do both things. Like, yes. why wouldn't you want to say something and 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 enrich the story with depths and theme? But also, why wouldn't you want to excite people and 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 turn them on and 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 make them go, oh shit, you know? Like, <laughs> we were talking off air about RRR, which to me is the the movie of twenty twenty two, and yeah. uh, um, and you can see where American action films have fallen so short when you watch RRR because it's just, it's just the whole package. It's um, it, 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 it makes you laugh. It makes you cry. It makes you say, Oh shit. A lot, um, a lot, a lot. And I was at a, I was at a screening of it on Friday um, when uh, our friend and your uh, co-host Katie Walsh got a chance to interview SS Rajamuli, the director of RRR. And I can't remember what question she asked that that got this statement from him that he says when he is writing, he doesn't just picture what's going to be on the screen. He pictures it in a movie theater with the audience watching. And that is what he is thinking about while he's writing is not just the image, but the image with the audience. And I'm like, that is powerful. Like, that's really and you can tell when you watch his movies, you go, yeah, he is trying to figure out how to fucking drive the audience insane. And yeah. It's beautiful. And it's, we were talking about RR, but it's like the thrill of it. It's not only international, it's maybe universal to age because after Natu Natu won its Golden Globe and people were reacting, I think everyone in our, our feeds was going berserk and being really excited and thrilled that it, it had. Um, my kids came home and my four-year-old son, I go, oh, just come. I want to show you this dance. There's a couple of boys doing this great dance. That was about as much of a framing device as I gave it. And I wound RRR on Netflix to that point and I pressed play. And my daughter wasn't very interested. She's like, can we watch Bluey or whatever? I'm like, no, 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 we're watching this first. And my son was like into it. Like he was <laughs> like, oh, this is so cool. And, and then he even like last night asked me, dad, can we watch the boys dance again? 
You sure can, mate. We're going to watch the whole thing. You wait till you see one of the boys fight a tiger. (laughs) (laughs) You're like that. That's, that's, that's where I'll fast forward all of the worst aspects of uh, British colonialism. And I'll fast forward straight into him fighting a tiger. That's, 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 that's the stuff. (laughs) <laughs> it's you know uh, so these are the kind of things that i keep in mind when you know is again to me that is a that is a movie that um is trying to do a lot of things at once and and i think that can in unskilled hands feel like a mishmash or something but like in this case it's just it's it's firing on all cylinders and that's that's what i am trying to do it is 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 fire on all cylinders and and I kind of get why I don't get why anybody would do anything different. You're firing. You're firing. <laughs> you. You're you you really are. The you've had such an amazing. I mean, our friend Sean Cosby gives. I I joke around sometimes, and I I say it to some of our fans who say nice things about One Heat Minute and those sorts of things. That I say they give good pull quotes, and uh, Sean Cosby has said some amazing things about you, but have you had yet any other insane recognition of the work here in the book that has bowled you over? Cause like LA times, Sean, Rebecca, like has anything else come up to you in, in the recent few days as now the book is finally out there and it's circulating and you can feel this, this wave of people approaching it. Has there any, has there been any particular moments that knocked your socks off? I mean, you know, there there are things like when when Dennis Lehane blurbed it. I mean, that that you know that was pretty pretty special. <laughs> our friend I mean, Sean like, Bird, our friend John Burns goes, Boston loves you, baby. Boston loves you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he lo- he he liked my book. He loves Sean Cosby. He is yeah. he is doing great for Sean. And Sean, you know, who's who's amazing, um, and so kind, uh, and and so generous about uh, what he's done for me. But um, you know, and, and just uh, you know, Harlan Coben. Uh, yeah. chose to go on the Today Show and, and I know. talk the book up. And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't even know if you know, like in in America, what the, the, the Today Show is. Oh, no, like. we know. In Australia, we've got our own shitty version of the Today Show. And it would be <laughs> massive if they're like, hey, Blake Howard has a podcast. I'd be like, holy shit. The Today yeah. Show is talking about me. That's insane. It's a huge audience. It's an unbelievable it's, audience. It's 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 an audience size that you can't even, you know, comprehend. So I... And that was very kind because, you know, look, we've all, you know, the blurb game can be mercenary at times and, 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 but you can tell the difference between somebody just, oh, well, I've got to talk about a book. So I'm just going to grab this. And, and the way that, uh, that he talked about it, it was very kind. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's great. And I'm just, now I'm just excited to have people read it because, you know, I mean, I've said this in my newsletter that in a very essential way, a book that hasn't been read by anybody, but the author literally doesn't exist Yeah, because um, the way that a screenplay is sort of the blueprint for the movie, a novel that is unread is just a blueprint for an experience somebody is going to have. And if nobody has it, because I can't have that experience. Yeah. I wrote the book. I can't, I can get close, but I can't have it to have somebody else have it is, is to, for the book to serve its function, you know? And, um, and so it's such a such a great feeling to just know that there are people who are reading it and you know getting those comments from people of like oh I read it in a day and and things like that are is, is really special um and you know then yeah that's kind of it is is like that's the point is 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 
it's great that the, the people that I, I know and love and respect like it, but just to have somebody who I've never heard of, I, my dream that I have not had happen yet uh, um, is to walk by a stranger reading it. I was you just, I, you just stole what I was going to say. There's a story that Jordan told me a while back and I, we haven't shared it because we were talking on one of our like catch-ups and he was like, I was getting my hair cut in LA and yeah. I took my card up to pay for my haircut and the barber looked at my name and said, Jordan Harper, have you been on one heat minute? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like I was bowled over. And let me tell you, Jordan, I can't fucking wait to be on a train on my commute because there's many people reading on a train right in the morning, right? I mm -hmm. can't wait to see people with everybody knows in their hands. I'm going to go and sit next to them and smile like a weirdo. <laughs> I'm going to be so happy. I can't wait to see it out in the wild because it's, I just feel like it's, it's, it's that perfect mix of pulp and art that, that people are going to be voraciously consuming it, but it's just got boundless depths. And I'm so proud of you. And I want to say like, I, in the last few years, as you were building up to this, when, when, cause we saw, we saw some versions of last King first and we would share stuff together and how you're progressing with stuff. And this book, which was originally titled Hollywood sickos, which I did really enjoy the title Hollywood sickos so much. Me too. Me um, too. But, but every, now that it's everybody knows, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't wait to see it out in the wild. I can't wait to see people holding it. I think that everyone who I know that loves reading, you know, whether it's, thrillers whether it's crime fiction whatever um i think they're gonna get a huge kick out of it and i'm just so proud of you and i'm so happy i'm so happy for you like there is nothing that tastes better than your friends winning and um it's and this was a, this is a big wave that we've been riding and i'm so glad that you're finally it's now picked you up and now you got to surf the damn thing it's it's the coolest thing ever thanks i really appreciate it. it's that's that's very kind of you it's 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 an exciting time and 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 you know you have to you have to stay process focused, not results focused. And, yes, for, and of this course. is like I I have not written in three weeks now. Like I'll, I'll be totally honest, like I haven't. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's fine. You got to you know you got to let the moment take you for a little while. And then yeah. and now, starting on Monday, I'm gonna get back on the horse because that's what you do and and stay uh, process focused. But like the you know when a book I did you know I did a an event at Stories at Echo Park when the book came out here in L.A. with my friend, Steph Chaw, who's also a brilliant novelist. And, uh, you know, uh, most of the writing staff of The Mentalist was there. My parents were there because they happened to be in town right now. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people showed up and it was just, it, you know, you go, oh, right. Like, this, what, this is fantastic. This is <laughs> what, a, what a special moment. And, and, uh, and so that's, that's really what makes me uh, really grateful is, is to have that kind of support. So I, I don't know how much fun it is for a listener to hear me talk about my, my, uh, my adulation. Um, but uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, um, you can come back anytime. It's so great and weird to get emails from publicists asking yes. if if one of your best friends can come on to <laughs> your podcast. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I forgot because the, they put you on a list recently of, of people they were reaching out to. And I forgot to respond to them and go, you guys don't got to reach out to Blake. It's, it's okay. I got, I got this. One. Yeah. I, I, I remember just like texting you immediately like, 
Do you want me to respond to this? <laughs> I can say, of fucking course, he's already been on the show like 25 times. Like, it's fine. We can figure it out. And of course, I want to talk to him about everybody knows. But um, yeah, man, look, I'm, I, I, again, I, like you said, I'm not sure how much everyone wants to, you know, uh, they, they don't have to worry about how much you're, you're enjoying this adulation and you should. But uh, I feel like when people listen to our shows, you know, one of the big things that I'm so happy about is that things that we talk about and, and that certainly resonate with me and I guess um, people want to check out. And I would just say that like you, if you've listened to Jordan, you're going to want to get your hands on both last King of California and particularly everybody knows, because especially if you're in Australia um, uh, or if you're in the U S um, last King is out in um, the UK and everybody knows now is out everywhere. So you can, you know, by the magic of the internet, by the magic of this very conversation, you can get it. But um, yeah, man, I've been so thrilled and waiting and I'm, I've probably mentioned your book on many podcasts so far. And I think I even mentioned it in the Heat 2 book club um, saying that like Heat 2 wasn't my favorite novel of the year um, with the greatest respect to both Michael Mann and Matt Gardner. It was, I, I, I loved it. I had a very good time with it, but everybody knows was absolutely my favorite. And um, I'm just so proud of you. So thank you so much for doing this. And it's weird to talk to you as a guest it's so much more natural for us to talk as uh, as as friends but yeah I, i'm just so stoked i'm so stoked for you i hope you have a great time on tour and uh and um and i'm just i can't wait for you to write the wave and uh and push through the membrane push that membrane not to mars but just push it until it's touching something else on the other side i can't wait to okay. see what you can't wait to see what you do next thanks man i appreciate it really really grateful for you thank you Everything I said I was gonna get on my kid. In addition to that fact, I went legit. I'm the shit now, according to the way that I'm positioned. In this biz, it look like I'm just gonna keep on getting rich. Ah, know that Westside RSCs is us. LAPD on my dick, I'ma squeeze and bust. If a rap nigga did switch cheese and bust, all this rap money nigga, look, I need too much. Money, loyalty, and love in the dream we trust. You'll be switching up the players on your team too much. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 